All right, power rankings, week six. Uh, a little late this week. Going to be dropping on a Saturday, hopefully. Um, kind of weird because Thursday night games have already been get going. Um, but, you know, better late than never. Again, wet the beak. Chad, Eric, what's up? Uh, let's dive right into it. At number 14, we got Eric still. Previously 14, so it doesn't move there. Uh, stays put at 14 after his worst showing of the year, scoring just 69 points in a losing effort. Somehow this wasn't the low score of the week, but it's still really, really bad. Eric is now 1-5 and five and hasn't scored above 120 in any of those five losses. Uh, Eric's two running backs, uh, Damian Harris and Samaj P. Ryan, combined for less than one point in just a pathetic showing. A couple of bright spots. London had over 100 yards for the first time all year and 17 points. has been a pretty solid acquisition for Eric. And a breakout game for... The tight end, Mayer, from Notre Dame. Uh, he had 10 points, which is like, you know, a tight end three, it seems like. The five catches for 75 yards is, is pretty good from really anybody. Just couldn't find the end zone. But perhaps with the Devontae Adams drama, uh, maybe he can see more targets. But overall, Eric stays and last has a horrible roster and probably won't win for a while. 13 is Wire, previously 13. Wire is still the only team to not have a win, despite rarely having a dumpy week. We kind of went over that um, last week. Besides week one, he's been pretty solid, and he does have the highest points against in the league. So it's just kind of not good schedule up from Wire, but still is 0-6 on the year. This week, another 120-point loss. Uh, with Roshan out, he was forced to start Akers, who only got him two points. Uh, very bad game. Other than that, he had a bunch of solid show showings, but nothing elite besides A.J. Brown scoring 17, Ford with 11, Rice with 10, Hawkinson with 9. Nice showing by Garrett Wilson. He did outdo his projection scoring 13. And I mentioned Rice. I do think his breakout game is coming. Um, he's getting a lot of good red zone targets. Overall targets aren't there just because of Kelsey, and they just do seem to pass the ball around a lot to all the receivers. But I do think Rice is the wide receiver one and will emerge as the wide receiver one, which is kind of a wide receiver two de facto with Kelsey there. Just needs more targets. Number 12 is Nick, moving down two spots from number 10. All-time bad week, scoring just 74 points and was the low man of the week. You know, after back-to-back -back wins and all of those wins being above 146 points, Nick reverted back to the Nick of old the first three weeks. The main cause, pretty obvious, Fields, Montgomery got hurt mid-game. Those are his best two players, so he had basically a 0% chance of winning once those two guys aren't going at full speed. It's not looking like either playing this week, and Nick will just have to hold his breath moving forward if those two can get back on the field. Is Fields going to avoid IRs? What's the deal with Montgomery? You know, if Gibbs goes off this week, what does that mean going forward? So just a bleak. If all the two guys to get hurt for Nick's team, this would be the last two he probably would have picked, maybe besides Ayuk, but I think this would be the two by far he'd say he does not want to see getting hurt. Um, and once again, Zach, why do we even pay JT Moss? Not as productive, but still found the end zone, 15.6 points. And, man, I love Quentin Johnston. was my wide receiver one coming out of the class, but his only point was getting the tackle after he got bodied uh, on, a, on his route that ended up getting picked. And he got that tackle, so one point for him. And Dotson with a goose egg. 
who has been pretty not great this year. Uh, number 11. You can't keep getting away with it. You can't keep getting away with it. Is Greg. Greg somehow has won three games in a row, which is now tied for the league best. Uh, this week was more lucky as he only scored 101 points this week, but the other two weeks he, he did pretty well. Um, his kicker, defense, IDP came up huge with 45 points, and say it with me, everyone, those points matter, uh, and we'll get to more teams that had those points matter, TPM. Uh, and Jono Smith, been sneaky good for a tight end standard, scoring 12.5, 7.7, and 11.6 in the last three weeks and getting targets of 6, 8, 6, 7, and 5. That's pretty good, especially for the fact they have Kyle Pitts. It's like, I think he's getting less targets than Jono Smith, but... John Smith, sneaky good pickup. Um, with Fields being injured, you know, the production of DJ Moore may, uh, you know, may slide, but the backup seemingly only threw to him. So the target share should still be there, but we obviously expect the, the quality of targets to diminish. Um, this win, I would assume, assures Greg cannot come in last. And now he has to decide what nine firsts. Does he, does he go for the playoffs? It's, he's only one back of the division. Crazier things have been done. Uh, number 10, it's going to be Itzler, uh, who was previously 11, so moves up one spot with a nice win. After losing three games in a row, Itzler writes the ship and gets back to 500 with a pretty solid 152-point win this week. Tua had a great game, 63 uh, TDs, 27 points. B-Rob found the end zone for 13.3 points. And Kirk may be the most underrated wide receiver in the league. Um all the attention was on Ridley's return, but Kirk has put up five, now six, after Thursday Night Football, weeks in a row of scoring between 11 and 17 points. Just a really reliable fantasy starter. Like, that's not high-end wide receiver one numbers, but that's just rock-solid performance from a wide receiver. Like, just very dependable. Uh, and Kyle Pitts, is he is he back? Back-to-back -back weeks of 12-plus points? And he caught his first touchdown of the season. So free Kyle Pitts, even though we just talked about Johnny Smith. And these points matter. Got Itzler 45 and a half points, which is huge. That's a difference in, I mean, he only won by 32 points. So there you go. Um, he didn't start keynote, and I wish he did because I, I wanted to drop keynote, but I found a way to do it. But it didn't matter that he was better than Osborne because he won by 22. So it didn't matter, but long live uh, keynote. Number nine is Kojak. Now, Kojak has been, I would think, the most disappointing owner of the year. I still love his roster, but the results are not there. Kojak took an L this week. He's now 2-4 and four in the season. Like I said, the most disappointing star for any team this year, as I think a lot of us had as a favorite going in. Again, not a bad week scoring 122, but wasn't enough to get it done. Um, I mentioned Kirk earlier and how Ridley was the guy, and Ridley has just been really inconsistent. You know, he opened up the year with 20 points, but then four and then five. Then back-to-back -back solid weeks of eight, of 10 and 17. But then week six is four, and spoiler alert, week seven, one. So just really inconsistent from probably one of the guys that he thought was going to be his wide receiver one. Uh, it's hard to just, it's hard to trust that, but it's also the upsides there. So you kind of have to keep starting them. But although that jag has been letting him down, ETN has not. 
who put another big week scoring 23 points, following up a 37-point performance in Week 5. And I just have a hunch that ETN may have two touchdowns in Week 7. I don't know. I'm just guessing. And Stevenson, pretty good game, 16.5 points. We thought he maybe lost his job to Zeke or was going to be more of a timeshare. I think it still was as far as carries, but outproduces projections by almost five or over five points. So that's a good sign there. But two and four, not out yet. Still a lot of time for Kojak to make a playoff push, but can't really afford any more losses coming up. Uh, number eight is Josh, who was previously nine, moves up a spot. Um, Josh was actually the league high scorer with 177 this week. He won the Venmo Bowl. Uh, Dak was back 28 points against the Chargers. Nice to see him using his legs a little bit to run to the end zone. And then what a week for Josh's running backs. Mozart and Williams combining for 59 points. It's pretty ridiculous. And Mozart was leading the way for his team with 35 points. And Cup is back. So, so back. I mean, he already looked impressive week five. He looked even better in week six, going for seven, 148, and a tutty for 25 points. Waddle caught a touchdown. And basically everything went right for Josh to score 177. The only thing that didn't go well for Josh is Kern Williams getting hurt. He was wearing a cast-like material and will be out for week seven. Hopefully avoids the IR further, um, you know, time out for Josh because he's just been putting up 20 plus 23 plus or more in three weeks. The other week one was 19. Yeah, he had a couple eight-point weeks, but that's not going to kill you, really. Um, just been very, very solid and reliable for Josh, so hopefully he doesn't end up with more time lost. Number seven is Rogers, as I extenuate his name to pull up the matchup. I mentioned earlier that Greg's three-win streak was now the uh, the lead. Greg's win streak is tied for the most in the league, and that's tied with Rogers, who has now had his best week of the year, scoring 155, has won three in a row, and is firmly back in the playoff hunt after starting 0-3. You know, Rogers, who famously did not trade his three-headed monster for 10 firsts, all three showed up. Christian McCaffrey, 13.8, which is kind of a letdown by his standards, projected 21, but 13. He left the game early, so it's still pretty good. Walker, 19, and Hall, 19. Hall just looks super explosive, which is crazy considering his injury. Like, any kind of doubt, any people, you know, kind of slide him down the ranks because of the injury, I, he looks great to me. Um, like I said, CMC left the game early. We still don't really know how severe it is or if he's going to miss any time. It doesn't seem like he will be, but could be limited. He's kind of been dinged up in the past and misses a game or two here and there. But um, obviously, Rodgers, you know, the, those running backs came up huge. Hubbard chipped in with 17 and a half of his own. But the bye weeks are here. And I think this this week alone hauls out. I, it's just hard to see Rodgers winning any games if he doesn't have all three of these guys playing. So get through the bye weeks. Maybe steal a game with one of those guys out. And then once they're all done, you know, you get those three loaded up. The wide receivers, again, bad. Uh, Thomas with eight and Gallup with only 3.9. But those three guys combined can help him get to the 150 echelon. Then Justin Tucker with 19. Jesus. And IDP with 19. Why don't I mention these points matter for Rodgers? My God. Uh, but good win overall. Number six. And again, we're getting to this tier that I mentioned last week. Like, really hard to rank. It's going to be Rob, even though he won and moves to 5-2. and two, I moved him down one spot from 5-6. to six. So once again, entering the impossible tier, pretty good 141-point week and almost had the same exact scores last week. 
Um, it's tough with this many solid teams. These points matter once again. Came up big. Scoring 48 points for Rob. CD Lamb had over 100 yards for the second time this year. 15 and a half point, 15.2 points. And Zay going to cost me a lot of money. Flowers got his first TD of the year. 14.2 points. Just egg on my face. You know, hand up. I was wrong about Zay Flowers. Big, big man of me to admit that. Other than that, kind of similar to Matt Wire, which is a lot of good, not great, which I feel like a lot of a lot of Rob's team is been this year. It's just he's getting these wins, but he's also only ninth in points four and five and one, and has the thirteenth points against. So there's a lot of teams that are two to three wins below him, with like Kojak has more points four than him and has three less wins. So it's not all about the points for, obviously, or else I would just rank Rob ninth, and it's not about the record, or I would put Rob second, right? So kind of had to balance that and just kind of go with the gut. I still like Rob's team. Like, all these rookies that he drafted, Flowers, me, Laporta, and Robinson are just insta-starters for him, which is amazing. So this this year of rebuild has been fantastic for Rob regardless. But I'm moving him down one spot, just going with my gut that the upside is showing to be a little limited. Uh, number five, speaking about limited upside, we're going to go with Tiz. Previously three, moving him down two spots uh, after losing a second in a row, scoring 123. I mentioned last week that it's been kind of a flaws year for Tiz. He had the really big week in week three, scoring 171, but he's never scored above 140 any other week. It, it's just rare for a team like Tiz to be showing this type of limited upside. I think he's still third in points four or fourth, which is it's still well above league average, but I just want more. Mahomes, yet again, did not meet projections, but he still scored 23. Henry is having a roller coaster year, but he was up this week. If we go to Henry's game log, it's uh, 15, 19, then 3, 26th and 9, then up to 20. So still a good start. He only had really one down week, but still like an up and down year for Henry. Uh, Diggs and Alave combined for 28. Rookie Charbonnet has been very disappointing. We mentioned Walker with uh, Rogers' team, but just hasn't really been getting the share. Only scored three points. And is it time to panic for Devontae Adams? After six and a half points last week, he follows that up with an even worse week of 3.9. Now he's publicly crying, saying it doesn't matter if the Raiders win. He just wants the ball. To me, that's loser talk. Uh, get the ball to Jacoby Myers, Josh Jacobs, Mayer. You know, fuck Devontae Adams. Uh, number four, we're putting respect on Duke's name. I've been kind of ranking him low. Stacks don't lie. We're moving him up three spots this week. Perhaps it's an overreaction, but Duke is moving up three spots. If he loses this week, I'll just move him down to like 11 or something, right? That's how we. That's how this works. So he's won two in a row, scoring 152 this week, and now is third in the league in points four. Um, although not a great game, Duke finally got Eckler back, who managed to put up 9.6 points. It's a huge boost for his lineup, but... Hasn't really been part of his team since week one, so that's just an automatic great sign to get him back for Dooch. Since week two, Thielen, I, I think, is the best wide receiver in fantasy football, or if not football, who continued his hot streak, scoring 23 points, and Keenan torched up Dallas for a tutty 18 points. And back-to-back 17-point games for Kelsey. And it's just like a cheat code when you have that in your tight end spot. It's just such an advantage. In this matchup alone, obviously a down game for for Kittle, who had one catch for one yard for Kojak, but 17.9 points versus 0.6 points in the tight end spot. It's just crazy. It's just, it's unfair. Um, so listen, it's like, do I trust Thielen to do this all year? Keenan stay healthy or whatever? It, it, I have to. I mean, why not? Why not? 
Stooge keep putting us up. He'll be the, the favorite to win it all um, by the by the uh, by the fans, who I know many are listening, being like, "We want Stooge to win." And it's like, I know, but just tell him to pull up, pull it off one time. It's kind of embarrassing. Um, did my mouse just die? Okay, we're back. Uh, number three is me. That's right, me. Uh, after a brutal 160-point loss last week, recovered nicely, 145-point win, and technically first in the division. What up? Uh, Tyreek Hill is just unfair, 27 points, and almost caused me a heart attack when he left the game, which what I thought was a hammy tweak, which is a cramp. He, I think he came back and had like 50, 60 more passing receiving yards, which is crazy. I mentioned him with Devonta Adams. An underrated wide receiver this year is Myers. His overall ranking may be a little lower than what I'm about to say, maybe by two or three spots. But in games where Jimmy G starts, he's averaging 17.07 points per game, which would be wide receiver nine on the year. So he missed a game due to concussions, and then he played a game where the backup was in, and he only had like three points or something, um, 4.3. But the games that Jimmy Garoppolo plays, he's been really good. Just a solid guy for me, wide receiver wide receiver one. Uh, Jacob, solid 12.8. Taylor at least had a pulse this game. I did exceed projections with 10.8, but at least he's getting more and more involved. I'm not really worried about Puka down week, 4.6. He got the targets. He dropped an easy touchdown, which if he caught that, would have put him in double digits for the week. We take the win. We move on. Wait to get A-Chan back. But I like where my, my squad's at. Uh, number two is Ridge. So Ridge did take a loss this week. We're in 130. Uh, still a 4-2 record. He's still second in the league in points for, so I'm not going to overreact. Still 130 this week. Still pretty good week. And a losing effort. And his key guys like Mixon and Evans, as well as Andrews, uh, didn't even get him double-digit points this week. That's kind of rare. Um, and although it wasn't 19 like the week prior, Chase has still dominated this week with 13 targets. But was a little more inefficient, and we put up 12 fantasy points, but still... Everyone's kind of worried about Chase at the beginning of the year and the whole Bengals offense as a whole, but Chase has kind of righted the ship at least the last two weeks. Uh, Barkley did well returning, returning, scoring 14.2, but Ridge, you know, I don't blame him for not starting him and end up not mattering because even if he swapped out him for Spears or Mixon, it wouldn't have been enough to win, but that's still a good sign uh, for Ridge moving forward. He's in bye week hell coming up, which I think I think anyone would rather have that. You just have one week where most of your guys are on a bye, you punt it, and then you're kind of almost at full strength for the rest of the year rather than like two or three, you know, one or two guys for a lot of weeks. So he may lose this week, but he is playing Greg. So like it's probably the best scenario of bye week and opponent you can have. So the rest of the week, Ridge is kind of going to be at full strength and that's dangerous. Um, so really the best possible scenario. And I think Ridge still has the best, second best team. And number one unchanged from last week is Chad um, all good things must come to an end, and that means Chad's undefeated season um, after he lost this week, scoring 120 to division rival Rob. In the two weeks without Justin Jefferson, Chad has yet to break 130 after scoring 155 or more the prior four weeks. Just something to be a little concerned about, about you know, about Chad's team. Debo also got hurt mid-game, only put up 1.3, and both his tight ends that he somehow, because he needed to start both Ertz and Kaseki combined for just over 10 points, not great. Uh, Pollard and Swift both continue to look really good, combining for over 30. And St. Brown was a beast. His first game back from his injury, so just a one-game absence, but his, his, his return was a season best in catches, yards, and fantasy points with 24.4. 
Uh, I still think on paper Chad is the best team, but without Justin Jefferson, I think he's sliding more to being bunched with people that are ranked one through six in this tier versus like a tier of his own that he was in for the first four weeks. He really was above and beyond everyone else. So uh, still first in points for best tie for best record. And he's still really handsome. So nothing to be too concerned about. Um, so that's it for week six. A little short, kind of made it a little more efficient. I wrote most of my notes down with 20 minutes this time. Um, that is it. Again, what the beak, Chad, Eric, sup. And I will see you for week seven. Bye.